Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now we're just 12 hours to go before the big day. It's only fitting that the final industry review of this year is geared towards ensuring your Christmas Day meal runs that little bit smoother, or in Ushin's case, looser. So joining me now in studio are Ali Dunworth. She's a food and travel writer and a great foodie. Derry Clark, an old friend of the show, award-winning chef. And Ushin Davis of Great Irish Beverages, who's coming down with beverages. So you're all very welcome to the programme. Ali, we might start with you. Um, I know you wrote that famous uh, how to cheat at Christmas dinner <laughs> which all our listeners will be eager can you maybe summarise some of the things you've learned over the years about making it a little bit easier and a little bit more stress free oh, well I wrote that about f- I think four years ago which was the first time I wasn't cooking so <laughs> I wrote it for my sister and I'm actually going to her house again tomorrow so right. I'll have more updates next year to see if it's all been taken on board <laughs> but I think most of it was about like organisation and as I was saying Derry was saying as well beforehand was like not panicking uh-huh. so whatever you can get done today I'd still say get done and if you don't have something don't worry about it like yeah. it's only one day but I would do as much prep as you can this evening like you can get your vegetables done you can get pretty much everything done except for the turkey and what about uh, I suppose getting a team of helpers as in people who can't hardly speak uh, peel spuds or whatever is it, should everybody be involved or is it better left to a few people who know what's going on no I think you should ask for helpers because <laughs> if you take it all on board you do you'll end up a bit resentful because if you're there in the kitchen sweating everything's going on and everyone's getting a bit drunk next door like you want to be able to say to people are you going to wash the dishes are you going to make the drinks are you going to help with the starter and give those jobs and even if people don't want to do them like you know I think that's a good call and and, uh, just before I introduce our our next two guests just if there's any uh, texts out there if you want some advice about the big day about the bird about the table settings about the cocktails send us a text to 53106 because our second guest is Oshin Davis and he's a man about beverage He's a man about cocktails. <laughs> Oshin, you're very welcome to the programme. Uh, and and uh, you're even more welcome the fact that you brought some booze with you, uh, which is always uh, welcomed and very, very very seldom happens on this show. So well, I tell never us come empty handed. Never come empty handed. So, what yeah. are you recommending then around beverages? Okay, so for me, Christmas starts when I make my first pot of mulled apple juice. Okay. okay so, I mean, we've all most likely had mulled wine before. To, to mould something is just to spice it up and to sweeten it. So I got a nice couple of litres of good pressed Irish apple juice. All the different supermarkets are doing them now. You can, you can get them get good ones everywhere. And then I hit it with some nice Christmas spices. You have your star anise, some fresh ginger, some cardamom. Uh, yeah. And then I throw in some cloves. Yeah, cloves Maybe are a wonderful Christmas big kind time. of spice, aren't big they? Big time, big time, yeah. And then uh, throw in some honey to sweeten it up and then some lemon to balance all that out. I, I cut the lemon rind and then I, I put the lemon juice in. And what's great is this. Number one, when you cook it up, the Christmas spices just envelop your entire home. Mm. So you just walk in and you can just smell yeah. Christmas. It's amazing, right? And then the, the, the second good thing about doing a mulled apple is that for those who are not imbibing yeah. okay so they might be driving or they maybe they just don't drink you can just give them a nice hot apple juice okay so they can partake as well without the alcohol precisely yeah. and then for those of us who are imbibing like the four of us here today <laughs> <laughs> you can just lash in a bit of jemison I have a bit of jemison in here well and slauncha to your health yeah delicious mm, and that it works a, well that's absolutely gorgeous and I love the way that you've stood at the orange 
uh, with the with the clove that's dipped yeah. into it, so that oh, that's really really nice. It's a lovely Jerry Christmas Park, You're very welcome to the program, and I know you're a veteran <laughs> of the big chicken, a veteran of the turkey. Uh, tell us, maybe you know, give our listeners a sense of 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 making sure that everything goes according to plan. What are your own tips around that? Well, you know, expectations. I mean, as Ali said, um, don't panic. Yeah. You know, keep a keep 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 calm. Yesterday, actually, I did all the prep pretty much yesterday. Um, I know I'm a saint. Brilliant. Actually, I need to get from in town today. Uh, meeting a few friends for a few beers with Salian. But anyway, that's another point. But mm-hmm. yesterday, I did all the vegetables. I did the potatoes. I did um, the ham. I boiled the ham and then baked it, glazed it in the oven. Have it in the fridge. That's done. So only thing I have to do really is a turkey. Now the turkey, everyone has different ways of doing turkey. Yeah. They really have. You know, I um, was actually had this plan this year. I was in the supermarket. I was going to go an organic turkey, take the legs off, bone them, roll them with stuffing, poach them, and then see, do all sorts with it. And I saw this boned and rolled turkey. I said, No, I'll get that. So this evening I get home. I'm going to put into a brine. That's one thing I think yeah. is really good. Maybe, uh, maybe explain to our listeners the the art of brining. Uh, uh, there's two brines you can do: a dry yeah. or a wet. I prefer the wet brine. Right. Basically speaking, a brine is salt. That's the key ingredient. Yeah. Um, so water and salt. Uh, not too much salt. You know, you're talking maybe a gallon of water and a few handfuls of salt. Table salt is fine. Don't use sea salt. You're wasting it. And uh, maybe some cinnamon sticks, uh, some uh, a few half oranges and lemons thrown mm-hmm. in there. A uh, little bit of sugar. Not too much sugar because if you put too much sugar in, you might burn the skin on the turkey yeah, when it goes into the oven to caramelize. Um, some bay leaf, maybe some thyme, rosemary. Get the ingredients in there. Give it a good mix up. Cold, of course, leave it cold and then put the turkey, the whole turkey or the turkey breasts or the crown or the rolled turkey in there overnight. Do that this evening. Tomorrow, take it out of the water, pat it dry, then do your usual. Lashings of butter. <laughs> butter is the key to success. Yeah. I mean, we're all Irish. We love butter. Let's be honest about it. And, and it has to be Irish butter, yeah? Derry, are you a fan of uh, spreading the butter between the skin and the actual meat? Uh, well, doing, the... Yes, but doing the brine, you don't really have to do that. Right. You're going to get the moisture in there anyway. And the trouble is, when you put the butter uh, uh, under the skin, I don't know about you guys, but always tears on me. Yeah. I'm not patient enough. And for yeah. tears, you get that skin that separates yeah. from the, uh, you know, the flesh. No, I just smother it in butter, a little bit of oil, because it always stops the butter from burning. Um, seasoning, salt and pepper is important. And put it in the oven. And, um, and if I give one key thing to, tomorrow is get the turkey in early, have it cooked. And you want it at 74 degrees Celsius. So mm-hmm. a thermometer, they're quite cheap, only mm-hmm. a fiver. Yeah. Stick it in there or you get those little tabs on turkey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, let it rest. Resting is key. We all need a rest. So at least one hour, minimum one hour to rest it. And then to, to, to like the, when you rest the turkey, it doesn't, the temperature of the meat still stays. In other words, it doesn't, if you, if you, if you, if you uh, bathe it loosely in foil, it'll yeah. retain its temperature. It will. But it, it just allows all those juices to flow and the meat is more tender. And, it is. I mean, obviously yeah. you take the turkey out of the uh, roasting tray you did it in. Um, and use those juices yeah. and the little veggies had in there. Obviously, you're going to do some onion and carrot and so on in that uh, turkey on top of it. And then you put your wine in or port or whatever, deglaze it and, you know, do the usual make your, make your gravy. But um, what I do is I'm lucky to have two ovens, an oven and a half. So the big oven, I would ho- have that at 70 degrees at Celsius. Yeah. So I put the oh, I think resting in there and holding. So tomorrow, when people arrive, um, Oshin is definitely invited for those cocktails, <laughs> right? And um, we're having 16 tomorrow and I'll, we'll enjoy ourselves. But I want uh, me to be the cook of the house tomorrow and to be relaxed. Yeah. And if I'm relaxed, it follows on everyone else. Yeah. 
Uh, Ali, uh, you know, you, 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 I know we've a text in maybe that we might look at. Uh, Bobby, happy Christmas. Would you please ask your, your panel of experts how best to store pre-prepared potatoes overnight for time saving, for roasting and mashing on the day? That's from Jacinta. I assume they're fine in water once they're peeled for 12 hours. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Like I, that would, I could Perfect, see that yeah. there'd be yeah. no discoloration or anything like that. No. Yeah. Ali, just um, you, you talked there about uh, having the gravy, having the custard pre-made and organised. So will you have a gravy pre-made that you'll add stock from the fresh turkey into it or is that how you do it? Yeah, I just think <clears> with if it, for anyone who hasn't maybe made gravy or wants to make something like that, like if you haven't done it before, buy it because you can buy, I think in the lead up to Christmas you can buy really good, especially if you go to the butcher, you can buy pre-made in, gravy or you can buy really nice stock and then all you've got to do is as Derry said deglaze it so you just put the juices over the heat you can put a bit of alcohol in you can add in the stock and then you just put some thickening in so flour and butter or something and that will whip it up but otherwise buy one and then add the juices into it as yeah. well yeah. and like the thing is sometimes you might have vegetarians as well so you might <clears> want to buy one anyway there's a really good one Porter and Nash, I think, a brand that is like vegetarian, vegan gravy that yep. they sell in the supermarkets. And you have that on hand because I think you have to think about if you have a vegetarian coming, having trimmings that are free from yeah. meat, which can be difficult with the traditional Christmas yeah. dishes. Yeah. Because you tend to put bacon in everything or goose fat or, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> when, it, when it comes back to the, I suppose, the beverages on mm. the day, do we need to be careful with cocktails? Because they can be too strong or it, I suppose it depends on who's making them. But, you know, it's a long day and you want to make sure you get to the other side of it. So what Measure correctly. Have you there? Yeah. Yeah. Me measure correctly is what I would yeah. say. So, um, look, here's the deal. Uh, a pint has nearly twice the amount of alcohol that a measure of whiskey would have. So, you know, people really? people often give us us, <laughs> us cocktail people lots of grief about, oh, you're having too much booze. But to be fair, there's actually more alcohol in a pint than will be in a measure of whiskey. So here's what I would say. Invest in uh, a shot measure. If you don't have one, a tablespoon is 10 mil. Yeah. Okay, so a couple of tablespoons w w of whiskey but would do... But always measure is what you Measure, measure, measure. That's yeah, very, very yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to, you know, you always have to drink responsibly, of course. But, you know, so I would absolutely say that, um, you know, you need to measure out. And if you don't, for instance, a cap is a good way to measure as well. So two capfuls uh, of, of, of uh, from a standard bottle would usually be one measure of alcohol too. So that's yeah. how what I would always say. And of course, you know, uh, always serve some food with your drinks too. I always find that it always helps, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ali, I think you said that you barbecued the turkey last year. Um, I've done this for the last, maybe the last oh, wow. 20 years. Wow. And I now have it down to a, an absolute, well, I'm, for me, it's a fine art in that I, I know what I'm doing and it, it goes well for me, or at least it has gone. I don't want to <laughs> jinx it now, but it's it's gone well for me for the last certainly 15 years. How did you get on last year with yours? It was the best turkey we've ever had. Yeah. Like it was really good. Now it's, it's a good turkey to begin with. I still did the wet brine, like Derry said. I always use Nigella's recipe, do it the night before. Been doing that for like as long as her Christmas book came out. And then the thing about putting the turkey on the barbecue is making sure you get it to back to room temperature. So take it out of the brine because if it's very cold overnight, yeah. you don't want to freeze and go in on the barbecue. The same thing in the oven. Mm. And then it took me about, I think we it took five and a half hours. But Mine was, only took two hours. Oh, but what was it? Well, I did it very slow, yeah, low and yeah. slow. I did it at about 110 
for five and a half hours. Yeah, and wow. it was a big turkey. And then you have to let it rest the same as you would. But it was amazing because it frees up the oven. Yeah. So there's always that juggling around to get and the hot oven. The, Not it, everyone has two ovens. And it puts me ovens. out in the garden, which people are very happy with. Last <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> Christmas was a bit miserable. But also the, temp, the temperature probe is essential when you're barbecuing, especially. Yeah. But I had an amazing one last year that was my brother-in-law's, which is a fire board, which is, put it on your Christmas list for next year if you want to barbecue. It, you can put a probe into the turkey, into the barbecue and outside and it's all attached to your phone. Yeah, so yeah, I could yeah. sit inside and, you know, or do the rest <laughs> of the prep and then just pop out when the temperature dropped and then put in a bit more charcoal if I needed. Well, I got an extra large uh, thermometer, like the face of it was oh, like a yeah. small clock so I could see it from the kitchen window outside Amazing. and I could actually see yeah. it, it and, and, I, and that was the best thing I ever got because I was able to keep an eye on it yeah. without being beside what it What barbecue did you use? The green egg. Okay, so yeah. I, I just did it in the Weber kettle yeah. so you don't need that fancy like that's yeah. just the yeah, basic green egg spray. I have a green egg as well it's brilliant I'd love but the green know, egg for next year maybe it's a very good point about temperature um, you know in commercial kitchens we never use never use timing we don't say a chicken would take one yeah. hour to cook we use a, ti- a, a temperature probe and time you know mm. on that what, yeah. what temperature is not yeah. time sorry so um, that's key. So temperature probe is really key, you know, and that and one's great. I think, great, you know, I think you especially have. with you've so many things in and out. Like if it normally takes you so long to roast something, when you're opening the door and you're moving things around, like it things, I yeah. always give it a little bit extra time. If you think you want to serve dinner at three o'clock, like you need to be starting very early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. folks, I did a barbecue one year. We live in Dublin Mountains and it snowed. We had a white Christmas and of course the power went when the Transformers <laughs> went and a whole crowd in the house. So I had a brainwave, barbecue out. <laughs> down to the garage, get the dust off it, and fired it up, and it wasn't bad. Now I must say. So it, you did that as a as a as, a, as an emergency. Yeah, almost. emergency. Yeah, I had my wow. t-shirt and sunglasses on to give it a no, summer feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a text here. Hi guys, my turkey is in the oven. Ham going in soon this evening. Oh I make God. parcels of ham, stuffing turkey drizzled in stock, wrapped in baking uh, paper, ready to heat up tomorrow. Done this for the last few years. Game changer for Christmas Day. Happy Christmas from Kilmore Key. Now, now I, I, I love Kilmore Key, of course. I'm sure you know them. Happy Christmas to everyone in Kilmore Key. <laughs> but um, no, actually, no, that's a good thing. I mean... Um, well, you would have what, seen that over the years in commercial kitchens. Correct. In commercial kitchens, we where, used to do is uh, yeah, we yeah, the ham yeah, sliced, yeah. the stuffing on top of the ham, yeah. a slice of turkey over that, that mm. correct? And then a little bit of um, stock in the tray, tinfoil on top into the oven. Doing that is easy and makes life very easy, but... There is a thing to it, but make sure temperature is up to temperature. Yeah, yeah. You reheat mm-hmm. it properly. It's not half temperature. That is hot true. That's yeah. key. When you're reheating food, the key, unless you want to be, you know, a bit iffy, iffy, or can blame the cocktails on yeah. Stephen's day. Yeah. <laughs> Oshin, uh, just uh, maybe after, if we get through the lunch and oh, yeah. we have, uh, maybe we have your, your lovely cocktail to start and then you have a bit of wine. What, what about after we get through the turkey? Is there... Is there anything left in your arsenal? Oh, hundred percent. That's that's when that's when the party really starts, you know. Right. So, although I would always recommend two different things um, at the end of a long festive meal, when we've all eaten our own body weight, we need something just to kind of give us a bit of a perk, bit of a bit of a lift, you know. So I would always either go for an Irish coffee or, like what we have here, Ooh. an Irish espresso martini. Tell us a little bit about what we have here. So the espresso martini has been around, I suppose, since the late 80s. It was uh, created by a a London bartender called Dick Bratzel. And um, quite famously, uh, apparently what happened was a supermodel walked into his bar and said, bartender, make me a drink 
that will wake me up and mess me up. Or words to that effect, shall we say, okay? And um, he went right away, madam. So he grabbed himself some vodka, he grabbed a bit of espresso, a bit of sugar, and... What I've done with this one, this is the, the Irish espresso martini, as I call it, and it's I use Istil uh, vanilla vodka. It's Istil 38 is an Irish pot still vodka, beautiful vodka, but out for about a year now. It's available nationwide, and it's a flavor with vanilla. So that, for me, just works perfectly with a little bit of sugar and a little <laughs> bit of coffee. And what I, what 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 is nice about the, the, this particular recipe is I don't use that much sugar. It's I don't like to have it too sweet, you know. But the espresso martini is literally the most popular cocktail in, in well, Ireland. So I, if you want if you want to win over your guests, well, you know, make them a popular cocktail. I made the homemade Baileys last night. With oh, one I want to hear all about this. So it's, <laughs> it's it's a cup of condensed milk, a cup of cream, a cup of whiskey. Uh, Freshly brewed coffee and vanilla essence, all Delicious. into a liquidizer. It is to die for. I mean, well done. And it's now and oh, and plus uh, chocolate pal- Belgian chocolate pellets. Oh wow. Melted into it, it is to die for, and it it it, it keeps beautifully. Mm. I brought in a, a a bottle of it for the hardworking crew here this morning. <laughs> Thankfully, they haven't got at it yet, but that's for tomorrow. But it's it's well worth doing, and it's very very easy to make. I, okay. wow. I have a question very, for Machine about mm. eggnog. Do you okay. ever make it? I mean, I, I, I have done for American guests, but it, it, it wouldn't be something right. I'd make too much here in Ireland, you know? Okay. Uh, thanks for coming oh. in, guys. Every success oh. with, the, with, the, with the bird, with the cocktails, <laughs> dairy, everything. Thanks again. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.